Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. My name is Nicole DeVincentis. I am your hostess and your coach for this podcast. It's awesome to have you here, and it has been, I was going to say a hot minute, but it has been forever and a day since we've dropped a new podcast, and it feels so good to be back. I'm a strong believer in when you're coaching other people that you have to teach what you know and you lead where you have already gone. So I took some time to get my complete and total shit together and transition myself into what I think of as the next phase of life after a brutal 72 month that's really what it was it was a brutal 72 month intensive time of non-stop work um working out work period um boy oh boy and so now i would say that my life is actually virtually unrecognizable and here we are. <laughs> but it caused me to, th- to, to take a little look back and I've been wanting to put together a podcast for a long time and really wasn't sure where to begin. Because um, I want to be able to, you know, drop some pearls of wisdom and some, some tangible action steps that you can take if you find yourself or when you find yourself in a position where you are on the cusp of a major transition or you are as you go along your pathway sometimes you can just either be spread out so thin that you're just like spinning your wheels and you're spinning your wheels and you're not making any strides forward all that's really happening is that you're fatiguing yourself and I have been there before myself numerous times this is so funny if you hear some background noise I live in this beautiful place now that has like this lush courtyard and the birds out there are so loud when they wake up in the morning they are like a bunch of girlfriends who haven't seen each other for a day (laughs) and they're chatty chatty but then I've got um airplanes that fly overhead so it, it If you hear that background noise, you know, we'll handle that. Um, But but in the meantime, let's talk about you. I mean, maybe you're on this podcast right now because you identify with what it feels like to be essentially what's really in a state of overwhelm, stress, anxiety. Um, You might even say that, man, I'm just like burned out or you feel like you need a drink or a 20 year nap. I've been there. I've been there more than once. And... I truly believe that this is the faith side of me coming out, that oftentimes when you get into that sort of a rut, that your ability to recognize that is what I call your Houston, we have a problem moment. And it's either your body signaling to you, your intuition signaling to you, it could be the Holy Spirit signaling to you, like, you know what? What you're doing right now is simply not working. It's not working anymore or it never worked and it is time for you to step outside of the situation and view your situation from a different and a higher vantage point so that moving forward, which is always the goal, I find that people who get frustrated in this scenario are individuals who are very goal-oriented, who are very self-driven and just get kind of like clogged up, if you would, in the passageways or just out of habit, you're doing the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And it's, it has nothing to do with lack of intelligence. It just has to do, it, well, there's a combination of things, just kind of like a, a subliminal, subconscious, kind of like mental programming, if you would. But if you also understand habit, and habit evolution, you will understand like physiologically, once you establish a habit, um, your nervous system actually forms itself like physically, structurally, down to the like molecular level on 
keeping you doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so for you to, to pick yourself up out of that track and do something brand new can be challenging for more, you know, it, it's, it changes freaking hard. But what has you on the podcast today is, you know, maybe you're at that point. So today is actually May the 7th. It's Friday, May 7th. It's 2021. And we are solidly into the second quarter of the year. And everybody sets their goals differently. I know some people do New Year's resolutions. You know, perhaps if you own or operate a business, you know, you're halfway into the fiscal year. Or maybe if your fiscal year starts in July, as I know some organizations do, like (laughs) you're getting ready to cross that finish line and and you're toasty and, and feeling the effects of really what was the last <laughs> the last year of I don't want to call it a complete and total shit show because it was just a lot there was a lot of profits to be made there was a lot of people who were in just bad situations I mean I think we're all still in somewhat of a recovery mode um, because it's just there's just been a lot going on and I'm not one to make excuses for underperformance or bad behavior or anything like that but I mean if we can just you know kind of pull ourselves out and reposition ourselves and take a look at your situation situation of your organization your team whomever from a higher vantage point let's be a little bit objective about this and or a lot bit objective about this and then let's also dig in and give you some course correction on how to get yourself situated get your shit together <laughs> and give you some action steps on moving forward so that you will make progress, right? And not feel like you're just spinning your wheels and spinning your wheels and spinning your wheels. So I have what's called a goals program. And for the longest time, I was able to see how this would serve like humanity. And I had it in place. It was a, a program that I designed to be an adjunct to some like health and nutrition coaching that I was doing some years back. And um, in the very beginning, when I was doing health and nutrition coaching, I was also bodybuilding competitively and um, as a figure competitor. And I couldn't for the to kind of like summarize a, a big story into a small little pearl here. I couldn't figure out why people would hire a health coach or a nutrition coach and then not follow through on what they were being told to do. And my experience was, is that people would come and they would say, okay, I want to do this, this, and this. And then I would give them the template. We'd meet weekly. I mean, I would actually meet these people in person weekly and they never made any progress and I couldn't figure it out and I was really frustrated at the time I was exclusively coaching women and it was almost like they were eating worse than when we started and it was it was disappointing all in all and so I stopped coaching women at that time Um, I started transitioning over into actually the fire service if you would believe it or not Um, in my I call it my past life I'm a registered nurse of 20 plus years and so the fire service was one of uh, the organizations in my network Um, a lot of health problems um, as do most Americans have and so I really worked fast and furious and, and diligently and dedicated myself to reducing line of duty deaths from cardiovascular disease within the fire service and um, you know there was some progress made there I was able to speak at, at some national conferences and had a lot of fun but still never made quite the impact and I was approached at that time by a fire chief and then also a critical care nurse to help them with some health and nutrition coaching, but I knew that I needed something different. So I designed something, which at the time was a 12-week program. I called it the Goals Program, that I ran side-by-side while we made or constructed or built a nutrition program for them. Now, they had a lot of health issues. This critical care nurse, she had some autoimmune diseases. She was on something like 18 
can't remember if it was 18 different meds or 18 pills a day. Either way, the number, whatever 18 was, a bunch of them. And the fire chief had diabetes. He had had a couple of heart attacks in the past. And as we implemented this goals program, um, the, the focus of it was to, to leverage the power of nutrition to help them fuel like their life and their goals. And the results that these people had were just freaking phenomenal. Like the nurse, she had gained a lot of weight, uh, both from inactivity, but also as a side effect from some of her meds that she was on. So, and she could hardly even walk when we first started. I'm going to get, you know, into it back to you in just a second, but just some, some pre-fill information, you know, leading up to what got us here today. So she started losing weight. I would say, was it, was it five pounds about every 10 days or something like that? It's been such a while, a long time since I posted her. I forget the exact, the exact statistics. And by the time we had finished, she was actually on the Pilates reformer. And I tell you, like, she could barely walk when I first consulted with her. So she was making incredible strides. She was able to come off of a lot of her medications because, you know, she worked hand in hand with her healthcare professional um, professionals and they were so impressed by her progress that she was coming off of her meds. And on the flip side, the fire chief, um, again, was diabetic. We had his blood sugars so phenomenally in check that he didn't require as much insulin as he required in the beginning. So on the health aspect, they were making a lot of progress, but it was because they weren't focusing on the nutrition. Like every week they would have an action step on what to do with building out the nutrition, whether it was drinking more water. And again, these were people who did not have very strong health habits in place. Um, You know, they would go hours and hours without eating, and then they would be so hungry that they would, you know, go to fast food and they would, you know, a lot of processed food, and they would be on that yo-yo train back and forth. So as they were learning their health habits of meal frequency and their sodium intake and the processed food and putting in a lot of goodness, we were focused on building other aspects of the life that they had been neglecting. And by the time everything was said and done, um, I think the fire chief, he really had just a powerful transition was that in his mind, he wanted to actually retire but he was afraid to pull the trigger. And it was something that we identified in his coaching sessions. And, you know, I come from, again, a nursing background. Um, My background is strongly uh, in in any capacity of emergency uh, nursing, whether it was on the ground or up in the helicopter. So we don't have a whole lot of time for BS and, you know, getting to the point. And I took him to the point and, you know, identified the fact that he wanted to be able to retire and I asked him to put a date on it. Poor dude almost fell off of his chair, but I'll tell you what, he came back the next week and he had actually gone to the village and gave his, it's not a resignation letter, he put in his letter of intent for retirement and implemented his whole entire plan for succession planning and everything else and 18 months later like peace out dude was dude was out and um, retired and, and living a happy life to the last that I heard but all that to tell you is that that goals program I never knew how to market it and I came back and I used it in different capacities in the fire service. Um, initially it was part of a four, uh, four class, four session nutrition program that I um, put together and I had tested it both in the junior high schools and um, high schools and then in the fire service and it was like a mini nutrition slash goals program and it was not emphasizing or focusing or being hyper like worried about this nutrition program it was really looking at the other aspects of your life and then leveraging the power of nutrition to fuel it so the results were phenomenal and what happened was one of the fire chiefs 
where I was using this program, we were, he and I were um, collectively with, you know, some of the other partners in the fire service and in his fire department, we're putting together a brand new physical fitness program. There's a whole health initiative. We revamped the physicals, you know, fit for duty. Um, we interviewed and identified candidates to become the physician for their particular fire department. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that was going on. And as I went in to do this four-session nutrition program from this, and I coupled it with the goals program, the guys were making just like, and this was not a surprise to me. Like, this was literally the expectation. The guys were making such strides in other areas of their life. You know, first of all, they were eating better they were starting to work out. Some of them had not been doing that. So when you have that as the crust, you know, and, and as the when you eat better, you feel better. When you feel better, you do better. And you get mental clarity. Like anybody who has done that knows like that's the expected outcome. You start stacking wins and it translates out into other aspects of your life. Like you start cleaning other shit up, like they get their finances right, or maybe they organize their home life, or you know, a couple of the guys wanted to go into real estate investing and they started doing fix and flips, and that was the path of progression. It was not a surprise to me. That was the expectation, but I never knew how to market this. Like this is like a multi-purpose tool. Like, how do I actually market this? Well, then the fire chief, that same fire chief, asked me to come back as a consultant for a couple of individuals who were not meeting job and work expectations. Um, and so what I did was I took that goals program and I implemented it for the individual. So my test had been done in large scale, it had been done in smaller classrooms, and then it had also been done on the individual level. And without surprise, this was the expectation, people were making major strides. And the cool thing about utilizing this program in an organization, in a business, in you know a, a place of work, is that this fire chief was committed to the best outcome, whatever that meant. He was really cool to work with because he he himself is a visionary, so he understands like all the different phases that you go through from idea, like inception and conceptualization, into you know strategizing how are we actually going to be doing this, so that it's not just like this pie in the sky kind of idea, it actually then has to have some kind of teeth to it, you know, with tangible metrics, because you, when you're doing this in an organization, you also usually have to present it or prove it to some sort of a financial board in order to finance it, and I, I get that, so he was working, we were a great team, he was working on that aspect of it, and what we found in coaching, um, one of the guys in particular was that there were some cracks in the the structure of the organization. So one of the guys um, was having a hard time from an organization standpoint, like he was unorganized and he was spinning his wheels and spinning his wheels and he was he was in charge of this particular sector of the fire department. And um, what we uncovered, and he was missing dates, you know, and not following through and making mistakes and, you know, perhaps they didn't have supplies that they needed, then they'd have to be borrowing supplies and it, it, he was thinking like he sucked and granted, you know, he coming, you know, back to what has us on this podcast today, he needed help with organization, but it wasn't because he himself was stupid or an idiot what we uncovered was that the dude was seriously not positioned to win he was in charge of one of the major sectors of the fire department which is called ems emergency medical services he was a coordinator so he was in charge with maintaining communications with the hospital to which they reported and then ordering all the supplies communicating with 
you know, the different people in the fire department with the chief. And like, there is like a clearly formed hierarchy and, and the roles and responsibilities. Well, all of his supplies, and this was before we did a full conversion over to technology, like there were still a lot of things on paper and they were at his desk and, you know, order forms and things like that. Then he also had another role where he was a part-time, um, kind of like a fill-in lieutenant. So he wasn't full-time lieutenant operationally. It was if somebody called in, if somebody was on vacation or whatnot, he would go fill in at that particular station. They had a few different stations within their department. And so he would go there for the day. So he wasn't working with the same people all the time. And even though he knew them and they knew him, the crews, there still is this transition that happens when you have somebody fill in. Like everybody has a different leadership style. Every shift has a different kind of like, this is how we start our day. This is how we bond. Like there's different, there's different culture to it. And as he was trying to do his roles in EMS, He was getting dinged on the other side because he wasn't out there bonding with the guys and taking, like, he was being pulled in a lot of different directions, but then not being able to complete any tasks because if he was traveling to a different department and the things that he needed were on his desk at a different department, he was never able to complete anything. Plus, they had calls, so they were constantly being interrupted. He was going out on the calls, trying to come back. You don't know how long you're going out there for then there was this other problem and then there was this and then there was this and he was never able to get anything done and so he was like banging his head against the wall feeling like I, I freaking suck I'm not getting this done and then he's making mistakes now he's getting called into the chief's office and you know how this happens like it, it over and over and over and over and praise God just like this fire chief was so freaking cool and the guy himself Jim is his name was actually very open even though he came in kind of skeptical you know he knew me as more of a peer than actually a coach he came in and as we worked through this goals program like it was not for me coming in from the outside looking in just like dude you're not positioned to win it was through his own discovery just like what the complete f like i'm spinning my wheels in all these different directions and i can't i can't get to all this stuff so he went back to the chief and the chief was like i never thought about this i never thought about the fact like you don't have a home base if you're going to be in charge of a division like you can't be all over god's creation like that's not going to work like yeah you can come into work early but you know so what happened was what started out as a you're not producing type of a situation turned into a restructure and revamping of their operations so that it would become more of a well-oiled machine and obviously he jimmy wouldn't be frustrated he would be doing what needed to be done and he'd have wins the department would have wins and you know forward and onward they go so that's kind of like how this whole goals program came to be I'll tell you my problem was always like I didn't know how to market this shit like it's so vague and it didn't necessarily have tangible metrics because a lot of it is helping you with soft skills and soft skills get a bad rap because they're things like active listening they're the part of when you as a person or you as a team you as an organization you can't just have people who are either just strictly like numbers conscious there's always going to be if you have a client or a customer facing role right you interface somehow with the public there is going to have to be some element of like humanitarianism like your ability to interact with other humans on a compassionate and effective way whether this is internally or if you have anything to do with the public it is externally and 
it was just frustrating for me and I could see it as like a multi-purpose tool I certainly know my gifts I had no idea how in the frick to prospect for this and it forever was just a major 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 frustration thing I went and I was doing some online marketing and wasn't having sales conversions I was starting to do videos and you know doing all the things that everybody told me that I should be doing and got a lot of practice with it made a lot of mistakes with it and found myself just like burning out in the fact that I wasn't monetizing and looking back retrospectively you know God gives you a lot of gifts and I think that you go down your paths and you learn different information and you get inspired and you're moving forward but sometimes that may not be the right time for you to enter that or there may be other things that you have to do to move yourself farther ahead so that you can come back and pick up the tools again and implement them in a more effective fashion. So what happened with me was I saw the great results that we were having here. It didn't make sense to me as to why we couldn't or why I couldn't do the goals program on a full-time basis and have it implemented in organizations and have it implemented on the private you know, level for individuals who weren't spinning their wheels and were feeling burned out because there's so much richness to it. And it just, I think for me at the time, I don't think I know. For me at the time, I had great business vision. I could see how it could be used. I understood the technology that I was that I wanted in order to be able to use it. I was producing from, <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't want to say a place of scarcity. That's not the right word. I was producing from a, a negative financial aspect. I was barely meeting my bills. I was going through um, just tremendous financial, it's a hardship. It was freaking messed up and it was, it was nonstop. So I left my career of nursing. At first it was a gentle transition, but as I made those harder decisions to actually leave that career, um, I got to the point where I couldn't go back anymore physically, but also I had been away from the bedside for such a long period of time that any glimmer of hope that I had to go back um, to get some oxygen, like some money to, so I could actually breathe, they were not having me back anymore. And I felt like I was stuck in this middle area where no one would hire me because I had so much time vested in as a nurse and um, they didn't think that I could do anything different and I loved my profession parts of it um, so it was hard for me to leave and at the end of the day when you're not producing money you just move massively into survival mode and it's very hard very 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 hard I'm not saying it's impossible it's very hard when you are living continuously in survival mode and you're still trying to move your ship forward you're trying to maintain relationships you're trying to maintain your physical health and you can just get yourself into a point where you're spinning your wheels and you're not meeting your promises and this is how I felt is that I am an organized individual and I like to be very forward bound. I don't like to make like small incremental gains. I like to literally bound and make exponential gains and progress in anything and everything that I do. And I'm willing to put in all the work, do whatever it takes in order to move my ship forward. And eventually for me, I was on this yo-yo train where I started working for somebody and I wasn't getting paid on my invoices. So there was really like, it was always like the law of diminishing returns that no matter where I was going so that I could just have a little bit of stability to stand on financially, just and I'm talking like bare basics for like freaking food. I mean, this wasn't like I was out buying clothes because I surely wasn't. I wasn't getting my hair or my nails done. There was like, I didn't have internet at home. I didn't have cable. I wasn't eating out. I had actually established for myself a 
quarterly budget down to the freaking penny. That's one of the benefits of having meal prep for so long is I know exactly how much calorie like I actually require and financially what that investment is. And I'm able to, like, I'm a very disciplined individual and I will rock the budget. But, um, rock it, I mean, like, implement it, not like rock it, like, tip it. And there was, there was, I felt like there was no way out, like I was freaking trapped. And when you're moving through horrible, horrible, horrible financial times, and I 100% own it, it was a voluntary choice that I had made. There was a lot more that was a part of this story. Um, what happens is that you move this is a physic as a physiologic thing. I want you to like get some understanding as to maybe what has you in your particular situation is that as you start responding to higher levels of pressure, okay? Some people call it stress. I believe it's pressure. Stress is pressure internalized. It's when you allow it to affect your physiology and what happens is you go and your body starts to express what's called the stress response and stress response is basically it's fight or flight if you're familiar with that it's very tightly linked with any sort of a stimulant and inside of your body the stimulant is usually known as adrenaline but this can also come about if you're drinking a lot of coffee caffeine taking stimulants of any sort you'll even see this if you're working out under high intensity all the time what happens is that those chemicals that your body is producing they cause a very predictable pattern and a series of reactions inside of your body uh, known as the stress response and it can be incredibly difficult to be able to see the forest through the trees to be able to like quiet your busy brain very very hard if you have lost your focus to regain the focus and you're you're constantly treading water and not not able to like stand on anything solidly and step out of the hole or pull yourself out of the quicksand whatever analogy works for you and you can drive yourself batshit crazy you will lose a lot of sleep you will um, have major physical taxation on your body. Um, and I think the mental beating that you place upon yourself is like nothing else. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. If you're just like, why can't, why am I not making the progress? Like you're always going to be your own worst critic. <clears throat> and so if that resonates with you, you know, what happens physiologically is that once you get into that mental F-dump of I'm not making progress, I'm treading the water, I'm spinning my wheels, and you're, you're feeling like something is wrong with you, you feel like, I just got a text last night, I feel like I need therapy, a lot of rest, and a drink, okay? <laughs> okay. What's happening is that like your body, it's like, it's freaking, it's telling you something just like ding, ding, Houston, we have a problem here. But here's what's happening physiologically is that that adrenaline molecule actually starts floating around. And this is, this dates back to caveman running away from T-Rex with big head and the little hands, okay? This is like fight or flight. This is a very primal response. What happens when the adrenaline or any kind of stimulant molecule floats around is it has physical effects on your cardiovascular system, first and foremost. So what it does is it actually makes your heart beat stronger and faster. So think of like if you're driving along and somebody pulls out in front of you, like <gasps> before you start swearing at them, you have that like startle reflex and you can feel palpitations inside of your chest sometimes. That's the effect of the adrenaline response, okay? And that's to, you know, fuel you with a stronger vitality in order to be able to fight or flee from your situation, okay? It also causes your blood pressure to go up. What happens in fight or flight is it causes your blood vessels to actually constrict, to tighten up. Your arteries have smooth muscle, muscle that's actually able to constrict, like tighten, just like if you're making a bicep, and also relax. That's one of the pathways.
pathways that your body has to regulate your blood pressure and where it's directing blood. Like your body's just so freaking cool. Well, what happens under high loads of pressure and then the stress response is that the blood vessels tighten and it takes the blood which is floating around in your fingers and your toes like far away and it actually squeezes it more towards your core so that you have more blood flow to what we call your vital organs, your brain, your heart, and your lungs so that you stay alive. Okay, doesn't really care under high levels of survivability whether or not your fingernails are getting, <laughs> you know, blood flow to the cuticles. It doesn't care. It wants to send it to the most important organs so that you stay alive. Okay, now also what happens during that time is it actually kicks up how fast you breathe every single minute. Your respiratory rate increases so that you take in more oxygen and exhale more carbon dioxide so that you have what you need to get the oxygen to your brain, to your heart, and to your lungs. Okay, so those are like the basic tenets. But the other aspect, what happens when you are under great deals of pressure, you're in the stress response, are the things that really nobody talks about that keeps you doing the same kind of shit over and over again and is keeping you like really frustrated. One of the things is that, think about this, think about the last time you were scared out of your mind or you had maybe even talked with somebody who was just like freaking out. They were scared, they were frightened, they were, you know, some people call it like, oh my God, they were shocked. Like, how, think about them for one second. Let's, I always think when you're taking higher vantage points, take it out of your own shoes for a second and think about dealing with somebody else. Like, are they able to focus on you? You know, what is their speech pattern like? Are they calm? Are they super chill? Or are they like talking like frantically? Like they're not making any sense and like you can't really make eye contact with them. And that's what happens when you're under that stress response and it can happen to yourself. And even though you're a very goal oriented individual, you're a very, very high level achiever. What happens is that you legit lose your peripheral vision. And so as you're moving forward, you can only see, you know, those five inches in front of your face. And sometimes it's even less. Sometimes you can't even see your hand in front of your face because shit is so incredibly real. But you lose the ability to have that peripheral vision. And why that comes into play, like physically. So number one, that gets kind of dangerous. You know, you can't, you're not, if you only see in front of you, you can't see in the periphery. But the other thing that happens is that in the periphery are things that some people will call your blind spots. Those could be opportunities. Those could be individuals who are resources for you. Those could be future teammates. Those could be other people who have something that you need to assist your business or, you know, partnerships or job opportunities like those are not actually in your blind spot like you have a blind spot when you're driving and you have to you know check with your head instead of looking just in the mirror but when you lose that peripheral vision everything becomes a part of your blind spot and so when we're working through your goals program one of the things that is so wonderful is you start uncovering you have like these fantastic like aha moments like this is the problem and it's not that it required like a genius to figure out it's that when you're in that situation you can't see it because you're stuck in the stress response <laughs> does that make sense and so i think a lot of times I, I love to have fun when I coach and I really think for the most part while sometimes you know our coaching programs I've coached people of all different walks I mean people who have had some just horrific horrific pasts of abuse and all different kinds of things and I do not I'm not a therapist we part of, sometimes these things come into play because they have built you into the person that you are today and my job is not to course correct or you know handle the therapeutic end of you know shit that's happened to you in the past or in the immediate present right now but it's a part of what's going on and so sometimes things get a little bit serious but we like to end it on a happy and positive and find the humor in it so that you can 
you know, you can't change the past, but you can actually have joy amidst the shit, okay? So we usually uncover these little hidden blind spots for you that you're like, oh my God, I can't, this is it. This is the problem. Oh my God. And why didn't I see this before? Well, because you were in the stress response. Like you literally lost your peripheral vision and you have this tunnel vision. Now, the other thing that happens when you are in that stress response, okay, and again, this is a result of adrenaline floating around, is that you lose the ability to think and rationalize, right? You all of a sudden just like you have racing thoughts and think about it. When you're trying to speak with somebody, if you have ever dealt with any person from a customer service, client service aspect, we call it customer service, right? And they call up and they're all pissed off about all this kind of stuff. You can't rationalize with these people. Okay, same thing with yourself. Like you cannot clearly articulate, rationalize, and I don't ever, I don't recommend rationalizing with yourself when you are backing your way out of a goal or doing what it needs, what you need to do to move forward. I mean, like talk yourself off of a ledge. Like your thought patterns just keep on going and 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 going, and you can't hear like the subtle nuances the solutions to your problem you lose your active listening skills so those soft skills that you require just for your own daily operations for that of your team to be you know a productive and useful person whatever that looks like in your job in your family on your team towards your goals or what like even in a coaching situation when you're under immense amount of pressure and you have those stimulant hormones floating around you're toast like you are literally toast and tangent to that is you lose the ability to clearly articulate so this may mean that you're not even able to speak anymore you're just only able to yell or perhaps you know, if you've ever, I, I always default back to my guys and girls who work in first respondership, they use radios to communicate. And oftentimes when some individuals get very, very, they call it, oh my God, they get so freaking stressed out, they don't stop talking. You will hear people's speech patterns, just like phrenic, the nonstop talking while they're on the radio. When under pressure, if you're in a leadership role, your people are not going to listen to you carry on like that. Under high levels of pressure, under high levels of stress, when major decisions or actions have to be made, typically less is more. But when you're in it, like you're just like your mind is can be racing like that. You're laying down and you're trying to go to sleep at night. And if, if I, for some people, I were like way past that point. Like your sleep wake cycle is all screwed up. Like you feel like a freaking strung out crackhead by the time you know you're trying to even go to sleep at night. So your sleep schedule, you're not rested. It's a whole vicious cycle, and that can actually happen. It just look straight to physiology all right the question is how do we actually stop this <laughs> how do I quiet my brain like it won't stop I have all of these and I think too let me put this little side note here my individuals my entrepreneurs my business owners my solopreneurs I think all of us have the gifts of major creativity, ways that we want to build out a business, opportunities that we see. It's like God wired us different that, oh my God, I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And usually completion is not the strong suit for an entrepreneur, which is why you have to have a team to take your ideas, you know, and you know how this is. Like if you're going to be implementing anything, initiative it's a product it's a service or whatever like you have to get it from idea inception all the way out to the public and it has to be consistent whereas you know patience is not necessarily a strong point 
of any sort of a business owner. And that's why you have to have teammates who have those strong suits to assist you. So I know what it's like when you are in business for yourself, you're starting a business for yourself, you, whatever, you're in sales or whatever, and you're laying there and you're thinking over the events of the day and now you're thinking about what you need to do tomorrow and, you know, this little fire popped up and you got to put that fire out and this and that and the other thing and you're all over the place and there's no structure to your day, you're drinking a lot of coffee, your eating habits are all wackadoo and your body like physiologically, I mean eventually it is going to shut down. (laughs) I think especially today because today we have the complexity of having a lot of technological influence. And why that's important is because tech, whether even this podcast, something that you're listening to, things that you're watching, your phones, all of your screens, they actually highlight the addiction centers and the stimulation centers inside of your brain. And they further those effects, the physical ones of your heartbeat and your heart rate and your respiratory rate and your blood pressure, but also that whole entire channel of losing your peripheral vision, losing your ability to actively listen, to quiet your brain, to be able to speak articulately and beautifully. It all goes to the wayside once you're stuck in that cycle. Now, fortunately, your body has some buffering systems to help you survive those high levels of stress. And your body produces this cool little hormone. It's called cortisol. And cortisol is a stress buffering hormone, if you would. And it's designed to help keep you alive. Well, what can happen is that when you are unrelenting to your body on how much of your stress hormones are floating around and how often you operate in the stress response, your cortisol is produced by little glands that sit on top of your kidneys. They're about the size of a walnut called your adrenal glands. You can actually like toast out your adrenal glands and you can start to have symptoms of adrenal burnout, adrenal fatigue. And that's when we usually see all of the symptoms that you are starting to have. It's like if your sleep schedule is disrupted, you know, you find that once it gets to be like, you're kind of like sluggish during the day and then all of a sudden 10 o'clock at night, bing, like you're wide awake. Your sleep schedule is starting to become rocked and maybe not because you have been working nights Like I used to work nights all the time and flip-flop day nights in the same week, but this is happening to you on the regular and it's not normal to you and your sleep, you wake up and you're not rested and you're craving salt and you're craving sweets and you're starting to get, you know, touch cold, Um, your blood pressure is high, like your body is like you're a human (laughs) and as much as I hate to report that to you you're still a human so all of these things kind of cycle around and around and around and many times that's what has ended people and I, I, I shouldn't say ended up or they ended up in coaching programs is that's what caused them to present themselves to me like I'm at the end of my road. I honestly don't know where to go from here, but I think that you can help me out with this. And so like, how do you market that? I don't know yet. Um, I'm working on this. You know, again, I had to get myself kind of situated here, but here's some things that you can actually do. Okay, so if you found yourself on that kind of round and round, roundabout, (laughs) merry-go-round through hell, First of all, know that your having recognition of that is the very first step, okay? Just like they always say, like, admitting you have a problem is the first step towards a healthy recovery. So it sounds so basic, but during those times, like, it is the basic steps which are going to help snap you back into your power and help you march forward, um, making progress instead of I call it triage or position, okay? So if you're not making the progress, I think one of the easiest things for you to do is, in a peaceful way, 
take a look, take out a piece of paper, and take a look at your current position. Whatever this issue is, whether this is a financial issue, this is you're not growing your team, these are your physical fitness goals, whatever this is for you, take a look to where you were 12 months ago and do a little comparison there. You know, what areas have you actually improved in? What areas have you moved backwards in? What areas have you stayed stagnant with? Okay, now I know we all like to have like massive progress and all these things, but in this particular case, if you are strung out, when you're treading water and you, people say like, oh my God, I just feel like I'm stuck. Remember, as a self-driven individual, especially, achiever, you have a lot of goals, you know, whatever has you in your current situation, momentum is harder to spark than it is to steal. And many times when you look back and you say, okay, 12 months ago, 12 months ago, my body was in better physical condition than it is now. Okay, well, what were you doing? Well, I was eating better, I was working out hours of sleep instead of two hours of sleep. Okay, so you're able to like objectively look back to what you were doing at that time to achieve those particular goals. On the flip side, maybe 12 months ago, you were way more deconditioned than you are now. So now you're looking at it from a different vantage point. Now you're looking at it from like above, like you're trying to score like a basketball, like you're trying to like score a basketball, you're trying to get the ball into the net. So if you're looking backwards and you're saying, okay, I suck, I do all this stuff, that's trying to score a goal, a, a, a basket from standing directly underneath the net. Like you're trying to hook it somehow around when you're underneath it. But when you take yourself and place yourself from a higher vantage point and now you're looking down and you're saying, okay, um, here's where I am, here's where I was 12 months ago, this is what I was doing then, this is what I'm doing now. If you find yourself now, even if you're having some like little results, results are still results, that when you find yourself spinning your wheels like that, take note of the wins. You're making progress somehow. Maybe your habits are better. Okay, maybe you haven't lost a lot of weight, or maybe your strength is not where you want it to be, but maybe you have improved your eating habits. Maybe your your meal frequency, like you've got that locked down. Maybe your water intake is better. Whatever it is, like just take note of the victories because that's how you're going to be able to spark some momentum for yourself. Like, oh yeah, you know what? I, I don't totally, completely suck. I'm making these solid steps right here. Okay, this isn't as bad as I thought that it was. Oh my God, I didn't realize. Like, yeah, I did make these course corrections. All right, this is enough bad. What am I going to do next? Do you see what I'm saying? And you can do that with any goal that you have. Whether you're improving, whether you're moving farther away from the goal, but it's taking yourself up out of that situation, like actually stepping out of your feels and doing what I call triaging your position. Triage is something that goes back to like emergency work, whether it's first responsorship or working in the emergency room. It's a very unemotional, just like quick checkpoint, like what seems to be the problem, you know, what's leading into this, do, 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 like how urgent is this problem? You're able to do the same thing for yourself. You can do this physically, you can do this mentally, you can do this relationally, spiritually, financially, like it applies to every single thing, you know, and it's going to allow you to clearly define your goals. Okay, <laughs> those feelings that then which come about from you not making progress, those are going to be killer. And again, feelings are also tied into your physiology. They're tied in tight to your limbic system. And once you have knowledge of like how the body works and how you're actually able to separate yourself from that, like you're able to command your emotionality, what happens is that then you're actually, you're actually able to take clear steps forward. You're able to see the forest through the trees. You're able to see the things 
that are wasting your time, you're able to see the things that are not giving you any sort of a return that you actually have to drop in order to be able to increase your level of focus and increase your ability to press the accelerator, you know, in a particular area to get compounded and maximized effects or results. Does that make sense? Now, this sounds all well and good, but if I could just sit still for just a minute, Nick, and I can't even get myself to freaking think and and be able to triage my position. Okay, I got you covered on this too. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Wherever you are, okay, now if you're driving, I'm going to ask that you maintain some sort of situational awareness and driver safety here, but sit up in your chair, or if you're standing, stand up a little bit taller, okay? What I'd like to do is first do some postural correction here and let's kind of like, let's leverage the nervous system and get your brain to be able to chill just a little bit, okay? So what you can do is go ahead and sit up taller in your chair. Once you lengthen your spine, okay, imagine like there's a, a silk string attached to your sternum, to your breastbone. It's actually lengthening your spine. Head if it's jutted forward, like let's get it so that it's straight up over your spine. And let's take a nice deep breath in. Go ahead and inhale. Restoration of your active listening skills. Restoration of mental clarity. And I think organization of your thoughts too. Restoration of your ability to verbally articulate and communicate. Whether this is in the spoken or the written form. Okay? Restoration actually of, I didn't mention this before, of manual dexterity. You can't walk around all day like this because you have to go out, you know, and, and face the world. But that's a very powerful tool for you to use, whether you are in bed at night and your mind is racing, you are at the point where you're ready to lose a complete shit in front of your staff, in front of your clients, or, you know, in the big meeting, is you're always in charge of your physiology. Just by the power of your breath, you're able to leverage those body systems and triage your position. How critical of a situation is this? Have I made any progress? What's our next action step? It's getting quiet in order to be able to filter through the noise. Answers always come when you're quiet. It's when you're trying to force and continue to drive super, super fast and super, super high. 
way that you can, you know, get uh, off course a little bit. Okay, so take that as a tool. You know, you can do that. Those breaths anywhere you are. You don't need any money. You don't need any equipment. Okay, we'll continue this. You know, perhaps at a later time. You know, my time here uh, on this podcast. We're gonna wrap up for the day. Some things that I need to tend to, and uh, you know. If there's anything that I can do to be of service to you or your organization, please contact us directly, transformationglobe.org. Thank you for joining us today. Make it a great day.